It's Monday, October 19th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today for Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser, and from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Happy Monday, gents. You too. Happy Monday. Happy birthday to my sister. Oh, wow. Okay, happy birthday. birthday. Nice. Um, we're not going to ask her how old she is. No. We, we're thoughtful this that is, way. This I mean, is, and, and by the way, this is the present. Like there's no card coming. <laughs> sure, there's no, just a shout she's out to about twelve just a people. Sh- <laughs> exactly, uh, we've got some earnings to dig into from Halliburton and Hasbro, and holy cow, Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey. She well, made a quick buck this morning. Oh my yeah. goodness, did she ever? Um, which is good because I was worried about Oprah. Yeah, she's having a tough time of it. I, uh, um, we'll get to the the big news there. Uh, let's start with Hasbro though. Um, I think we we've talked about this before with Hasbro and Mattel that the that the toy makers just to be clear, it's not us or anyone in the media referring to boys' toys or girls' toys. It is the toy makers themselves mm-hmm. who, when they are breaking out their businesses, break out their different divisions. And in the case of Hasbro, they've got four divisions: one is boys, one is girls, one is preschool. And one is gaming, which in the case of Hasbro is board games, Monopoly, Clue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you dug into this much more than I did, Jason. But the, my quick read of it is that things are looking good in the boys segment, sure. Less so in the girls segment. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the takeaway the, this quarter, in a nutshell, Star Wars good, currency bad, <laughs> right? I mean, that was basically it. The the, the company Star actually Wars. did pretty well on the boys' side, as you mentioned. Um, I mean, a lot of that is sort of the anticipation of what they're going to be able to do with uh, all all of this, all of this content and all of these characters from from this slew of Star Wars content that's going to be coming online here in the next you know five years plus. Uh, and Hasbro is is set to be a, a tremendous beneficiary of that. Now they also, if you recall, uh, have have done quite well on the Frozen side, and they were able to uh, take sort of that deal from Mattel. Uh, Mattel had a deal with Disney there. Uh, that, that deal expired, or Hasbro went in there and took it from. However, it happened. I just, you know, wow, Mattel, you screwed it, and and you know, Hasbro, good for you for getting it because that one's going to pay off for for many years to come as well. Uh, the stock, you know, it wasn't a bad quarter. I think the stock is down. I found, you know, there was one point in the call that I think really kind of sums everything up, and they said, I quote, our retail merchandising approach this holiday. Is more closely aligned with the timing of consumer demand. As a result, shipments have shifted later in the year. End quote. What that means is uncertainty. That just is something where you know we look at the holiday season for these toy makers and say, well, the holiday season really is where they make their hay. And if there is even just a hint of uncertainty as far as what you know, we may be able to expect this holiday season, even if it's just sort of a shift in shipments and in pushing shipments out a little bit. Um, that's enough uncertainty, I think, for the market to kind of question how the holiday season may shake out for these guys. And I think that's why the stock is feeling the the pain that it's feeling today. I was going to say, I mean, the stock down around seven percent, which on the surface was pretty surprising because you know, yeah, they're dealing with currency just like a lot of companies are, but they're putting up big numbers, and it stands to reason. <laughs> That the Star Wars money is just going to keep coming. It's out there, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to keep coming. Uh, having said that, I mean, this is a stock that's up about twenty five percent over the last year. So, I mean, it's it's certainly outperforming not just its peers but the market in general. So, maybe the sell off is warranted. 
Well, I mean, we talk about uh, you know how sort of the catalysts that help these toy makers in the form of Star Wars and Frozen and whatever content may be coming out. And I think this all sort of lends itself to the notion that their success is very much tied to the success of his content partners. You know, whether it's Disney um, or you know, if you're kind of stuck with DreamWorks, then you're kind of stuck with DreamWorks. I guess maybe that's not such a good partner to be to be uh, saddled up with. So I mean, I, I think that. You know, it is. It is. It's one of those things where you realize, okay, their success is very much tied to the success of others, and and you've seen, I think, on the girls' side at least of the equation, there was uh, lackluster performance from Furby. Thank God, people are finally waking up. Those things were so annoying. Uh, and then My Little Pony, which obviously has a tremendous sort of cultish almost uh, like following. Uh, but but again, I mean, those are sort of. Uh, you know, toys that are are a bit more sort of generic in nature and not as tied to sort of those content uh, ideas like Star Wars, like Frozen, and so you know they they're not always the ones just calling the shots, right? They need to hope for uh, some big successes from their content partners, and that's why I think you know when you look at Hasbro further out here, three to five years, I think it's slated to do pretty well because there's so much on the horizon. Well, uh, for for currency issues, like if that if that is the bulk of the reason of the sell off. Why not take a closer look? I mean, the dollar is unusually strong historically right now compared to most major currencies and even emerging market currencies. So, in my mind, currency uh, is a mean reverting. It's not something that's going to stick around most likely for the next three to five years. It's going to pull back, and then you're going to see people talking about it as a tailwind. So, if if you ever see a company that you believe in strongly and you believe that currency reasons are the only reason for a near double-digit sell-off, I'm taking a closer look. And yet another example of a business, just like we want to have diversified portfolios as investors, this is a diversified business. There, I mean, we've talked about Hasbro in the past, where it's the girls' division that's really carrying the water, and it's you know yeah. other divisions that are dragging it down. So, um, but yeah, I mean, unless this movie is terrible. <laughs> the Star Wars money is just going to keep rolling in, so they could just sell tickets to the trailer because that hooked me. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see. <laughs> exactly. it. Yeah, we're supposed to get some more uh, in regard to the trailer tonight on the okay. Monday Night Football game too. I think is uh, maybe at halftime or something. I think is the official debut of a or the trailer think, for the yeah, movie. I think it's that, the final trailer yeah, for the uh, the Force Awakens. Cool. Makes sense being on ABC. Sure. Uh, Halliburton's third quarter mixed kind of a mixed bag. I mean, they beat on profit. They missed on revenue. What do you think? Well, they're going up again. I think the last of the tough comps, uh, the third quarter of last year, they had $1.2 billion in profit, and they lost $54 million this quarter. Um, United States still seeing lower oil infrastructure spending. Uh, companies are talking about, really, Schlumberger said on Friday that they don't see any exploration spending right now. So, that is something that not necessarily impacts Halliburton and Schlumberger immediately because they're not necessarily making making most of their coin on the exploration side. But for the next year or so, if no one's exploring, they're not going to be doing any drilling. So, uh, Schlumberger is looking at a rebound in 2017 now, whereas they were originally expecting it to happen beginning of next year. Um, Halliburton heavily reliant on North America, where their revenue was down 36%. But they're still making strides. They partnered with uh, BlackRock in a joint venture late July to raise $500 million to fund refracking, which is going into existing wells, uh, unconventional wells, and, and refracturing those, hoping to draw more oil out of them, about a third cheaper than going out and drilling new wells. So they're looking, they're continually looking at new ways to cut costs. And 
they they had an initiative called the Frack of the Future, which they're still rolling out some of the more high end technological advanced uh, equipment out there for fracking. Now they're calling this initiative their refrack of the future. So uh, they're they're pioneering this in comparison to efforts from Baker Hughes and Schlumberger, their biggest competitors. And I think getting ahead of this curve um, when costs are so important right now could could pay nice dividends in the next couple of years if oil doesn't rebound price wise. Yeah, you were mentioning it's it's the last of the tough comps because it was a year ago where Thanksgiving the the wheels fell off all started (laughs) to I mean you just you can look at a chart of just about any major player in this Mm -hmm. industry and basically mid-October of 2014 to the end of the year is just uh, I was gonna say a roller coaster ride no it's not it's just a ride straight (laughs) down you kind of saw it start mid-July where we hit a peak but it wasn't truly noticeable yet until the fall, and then especially when OPEC had its special meeting on our Thanksgiving. So, is Halliburton? I mean, when you look at the stock, is it is it cheap? I mean, it's it's basically year to date. Mm-hmm. Again, not for the last twelve months, but just year to date, it's basically kept pace with the market. It's it's trailing it slightly. Yeah, it's had a good few weeks to come back over the last month or so. Um, personally, I think it looks cheap. It's one of my core energy holdings and something that I'm going to continue to look at to add to as I think that energy is going to rebound outside of producers, which I don't necessarily try to invest in. So, Halliburton is one of my my core energy holdings. And if you believe in North American energy, this is the company that I think you should hit your wagon to. And we're actually coming up on a year since they announced their acquisition of Baker Hughes. So, that's still out there. It's still not solidified. Um, but they have to Pony up three billion dollars if it doesn't go through. So I'm bet I'm betting on them trimming necessary businesses to get this past regulators. It's just taken a little while longer than I think most investors thought. Yeah, we have. I mean, Halliburton's an MDP, and I mean, we bought it after this Baker Hughes news had come out. I mean, I think you're right. I think ultimately it does go through. They're divesting interest in both of these companies to make this to make this actually work out. I mean, I think that. If you you have to believe you have to understand that the way oil sort of cycles, I mean, there's obviously there are ups, there are downs, but just like any other commodity. I mean, I've taken the question on Twitter a number of times about a lot of a lot of focus out there on energy stocks for 2016. Is there something to that? And I think potentially there certainly is. I mean, you know, it's it's been a really tough time for oil and energy stocks here, pretty much all of 2015. It may take a little bit longer than expected, but I mean, I think if you hold a collection of the relevant names, the big players in this space, I mean, I think you stand to do very well if you can hang on and just be patient here as the rest of this year plays out going on into 2016. Mm-hmm. The number one gainer on the New York Stock Exchange today is Weight Watchers International, and that is because <laughs> Oprah Winfrey has bought 10% of the company. She is joining the board of directors. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm kind of speechless. I think I, I, it's, clearly, yeah. we're all a little speechless. I mean, one of my thoughts as I look at this is, uh, Oprah Winfrey's a value investor. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, a steep value investor. That, this is a you go back two years. This is a stock that's trading in the 40s, and not too long ago, and I mean, just within the last couple of months, I think it was around four dollars a share. I'm not a short seller, but this is a company that I've. Thought for a long time just had no future, and I still don't really think it does. But now with 
her clout, I mean, she has global presence, uh, and especially in, in this this type of niche of, of weight loss and, and empowerment for, for health, that I think she could be the saving grace, or her network could be, not necessarily her individually, but uh, her network could could really help this company out. Yeah, but no, it's fighting an uphill battle in my mind. Well, it is, and I think we've talked about this before that Weight Watchers as a business was undercut in no small part by just the apps mm-hmm. on our phone. There are just a lot of free apps that yep. can help you eat healthier, count calories, count steps, whatever. Uh, every iPhone comes preloaded with uh, some sort of health tracking mm-hmm. app. So. So that was a big part of it, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, who's who's a bigger <laughs> promoter? I mean, who's a more effective? Yeah. Let's be clear. If you're an author, let's just take it away from health for a second. If you're an author, the single greatest thing in the world that could happen to you is that Oprah Winfrey promotes your On book. Her book club, yeah. And she says, "This is in my book club, and that is a one-way ticket to number one on the mm-hmm. bestseller list." And so, as we talked about before, this is a business that was just in steady, steady and fast decline. And now it's like, well, wait a minute, do we need to rethink this? Maybe. I mean, her net worth is somewhere in the neighborhood of three billion dollars. So, I mean, all, all in all, I mean, even even with the the option to buy that additional, I think, five percent stake. I mean, this is maybe like you know one and a half percent of her total net worth. So it's, it's nice to be able to kind of drop that mm-hmm. coin and not really have to worry about it. I mean, this is certainly a brand. It's a company in the midst of a recovery, a turnaround. And I mean, all I can say for Oprah is that she better pack a lunch because it's going to take a while. I mean, this is not something where she just shows up and this all just turns around. I mean, if you look at their financials, I mean, there there are there's no sort of you know magic pill that just changes everything for the better here because the, as you mentioned, I mean, all of those competitive headwinds out there still exist. I mean, the technology, the apps. I mean, there are a million different ways to kind of get to kind of get around this. And I mean, what what I think what what attracted Weight Watchers to so many for so long was sort of the simplicity of the system. It was very quantifiable. You just sort of you came up with your number of points and you you adhered to that number. And if you did that, you, you know, over time you would lose weight. And I, I don't know that they've necessarily lost that. But what they have lost is a lot of people really believing in the system. I mean, I think the meetings which they always, uh, you know, benefited so much from the, the attendance to those meetings has, has been cut essentially in half at this point. And so get, they're they're going to have to win back, I think, a lot of people. And and I maybe maybe Oprah's branding, maybe you know, maybe the push that she's able to to sort of give here helps that to a degree. But again, I mean, I, I think you know, you look at where this company was, where it is now, and then it's a much different world than it was back in the heyday of an eighty, ninety dollar stock price. I, I still am a little bit skeptical there as to as to whether she could actually turn the story around. I think it's great, you know, for a headline, but but again, I don't think it solves the underlying problems. Nope. I think long term, there's every reason to be skeptical. I think in the short term. I, I'm more bullish simply because, to go back to what you had said, Taylor, about uh, Halliburton and the last of the tough comps, Weight Watchers has got some really easy comps <laughs> yeah. over the next 12 yep. months. So, I think that having easy comps, relatively easy comps, combined with, now you get to turn on the fire hose the brand equity of, 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 of yeah, Oprah Winfrey and all of her promotional properties, 
If this they, is if they can do that, then certainly the you know the the next twelve months look certainly easier than the twelve months after that. This is a five year deal. It looks like that, and, and I I would expect to see plenty of advertising and plenty of Oprah. Um, her face and name behind the, those those advertisements. It's also worth mentioning. I mean, she has a nice stake that she's bought here, but there is another uh, major shareholder there uh, in 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 Artal, which is an investment group in Belgium, which is tied to the Invis Group. They own more than fifty percent of this company, and so even with Oprah's stake, you know, she's still not calling the shots, right? So there is there is a there is a a bigger kid in school here and they're going to be sort of, you know, making the decisions. Now, I'm sure that she will probably have a lot of creative input and a mm-hmm. lot of feedback to offer and they would be wise to listen to it because she is extremely successful. It seems like everything she touches turns to gold almost. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think uh, to your point, yeah, I can certainly see sort of the short-term, you know, optimism here or long-term. Yeah, I I'd still I don't I don't know this turns things around. But for any patient shareholders who have held on, they are having a heck of a good day. They got a little bit back. <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit back. Little bit back. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.